Welcome to the Transformation and Coaching Industry Podcast, where we get the inside story of some of the world's most successful coaches and transformational change agents. My name is Dr. Matt Kreinheader. All right, Yuri, I am so excited to be here with you today. Uh, I've been watching your work for a little while, really uh, feel like there's a lot of crossover and synergy for us to chat about. And uh, I'd love to kick off the discussion here um, with a, a frame and a question that I kind of see every entrepreneur as a superhero and every superhero has an origin story. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to get your background and kind of find out how you arrived at this position of helping uh, health professionals and health coaches and and building the business that you have. Yeah, awesome. Uh, well, first and foremost, thanks for having me. It's It's always great to to share what I can. So my journey uh, started off when I was young. I mean, all of our journeys did. Uh, but I, I set the goal of playing pro soccer when I was about 10. So I was really, really adamant about being a professional soccer player. I was obsessed with it. I loved it. So I dedicated my teenagers to, to training and competing at the highest possible level. So I was very fit and very active, um, but I didn't realize that I was unhealthy. And that uh, all came to a point when I lost all my hair to an autoimmune condition at 17 years old. And... That was a real big, like, what's going on here? And that that really led me down a path that I may not have gone down otherwise. So spent like seven, eight years going to different doctors, different practitioners, different healers, trying to figure out what was the root cause, trying to solve it. Uh, during that time, I was able to play pro soccer for a number of years, which was awesome. Um, but when I retired at 24, I uh, had previously gone to school for kinesiology. Um, when I had finished playing soccer, I came back to study holistic nutrition and that was the mm-hmm. the big eye opener for me. It was like, Oh my God, I had like, I was athletic. I played pro soccer, but I had no clue about good food, good eating nutrition. And it was, I remember on my first day, I was like, how have I not known about this stuff for 24 mm-hmm. years? And that's when everything started to change for me. So clean up my body, clean up my diets, regrew my hair in the space of a couple of weeks. Uh, although I kept my head shaved because that was kind of my claim to fame by that point. And then Started to um, get really excited about what I was learning. I had been training clients as a personal trainer for a little bit prior to this. And then I was like, Mm -hmm. this nutrition stuff would be amazing. So I kind of combined both. Did that for seven years. And then I just got burnt out doing that. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe this internet thing is going to be big. So 2005, came online, started my first website, which I had no clue what I was doing. And just started, I don't even, to be honest, I like had no rhyme or reason for what I was doing. I was just putting stuff out there, random content, no strategy, no guidance, and made the transition from working in person one-on-one to transitioning to building more of a product-based information business online. It took me about three and a half years to get traction. Like I was living on nothing. Like I made $6,000 mm-hmm. my first year in business. It didn't mm-hmm. get much better after that for a few years. Um, eventually I got coaching. I got mentorship. I surrounded myself with other people who were ahead of where I wanted to be. And that's when things really started to take off. So, you know, fast forward, we built the company up to multiple seven figures, helped half a million customers around the world. Uh, we're, we're selling uh, courses, follow along workout programs, uh, a couple books on nutrition. And, and it was, I mean, it was great. I mean, we had a, a good degree of success by all external measures, but I felt mm-hmm. really unfulfilled internally. Uh, mm-hmm. I got to a point in the business after about 13 years where I was like, I felt so disconnected because it was a high volume, low touch type of business, very mm-hmm. product based. Wasn't, I didn't know my customers. They were just numbers, right? Which is terrible to say. Um, and at that time, there were many other health professionals starting to come to me for business advice. Cause they're like, Hey man, like, what have you, how have you grown this sucker? Mm-hmm. And that happened a lot in a very short amount of time. And I started to think to myself, maybe there's an opportunity, maybe there's a gap in the marketplace of that I can fill. Yeah. And that's where Healthpreneur really was birthed out of was, you know, I had to learn how to become a better marketer, uh, build better business acumen. Cause I realized like no one's going to know I exist or I can help them if they don't even know mm-hmm. I exist. Yeah. So I had to go through the school of hard knocks to develop that. And then I realized I'm like, a lot of health professionals don't know this stuff. So I'm like, what if I just help them do what I kind of did? And that's how Health Burner started in 2016, 17. And very quickly, I realized I never wanted to replicate the business that I had initially built. It was very complex. Mm. We had a hunt, like 
hundreds of funnels, dozens mm -hmm. upon dozens of products and SKUs. We had supplements, we had courses, we had eBooks, we had, it was just ridiculous. And it was way too complicated. And mm -hmm. that was the reason why I wanted to sell the company, to be honest. So I sold the company, even though I'm still at the, the face and the name of it, I'm not involved in the slightest. And I never wanted to do that again in terms of that business model. But I recognized there was a couple of things that worked really, really well. And Health Partner was going to build, it was going to be built on a almost, um, I just totally forgot the, the word I was going to use, but um, <laughs> it was going to be built on simplicity, right? So doing one yeah. thing really, really well, because I realized that simplicity scales and complexity ultimately fails. Mm -hmm. And that's, um, that's what we did. So we built it on one business, you know, a very simple business model. We've helped over 1300 health professionals. And what we do is we essentially help them grow their businesses online, specifically higher ticket coaching businesses or virtual practices that fundamentally help their clients at a much deeper level than they would if they're selling courses or one-off sessions. Um, and in honestly, most cases, more than they're doing if they're in person in a clinic, which is hard for some health pros to believe. Um, but that's that's kind of what got me here. And, you know, we're on a mission to build a, a billion dollar brand. I have no clue how that's going to happen. But that's <laughs> kind of the vision because we want to disrupt the healthcare system. Mm -hmm. It's not effective in the slightest. And, you know, I'm really happy with the work that we're doing. And it's um, it's just really rewarding. I, I really, really love what I do now. So that's kind of, you know, where I'm at. And I've got four young boys and get to spend a lot of time with them. I love traveling and I love building business. So, yeah, it's been great. Oh, so beautiful. I love it. And, and I completely resonate with what you're saying, you know, in, in a couple different ways and vectors. First, the, the healthcare system is fundamentally broken. We are at the effect of our own health choices and very few people seem to really know it and get it. And, and also from the coaching side, I've been saying for years that, you know, in the coaching space, we say there's so much competition and, and you and I know there's not nearly enough coaches to actually make the changes that we need to make. You know, that there, there's really a high demand for the type of changes that the people that you work with can make out in the world. Um, and, and I love that you're helping these people, my background in chiropractic and acupuncture, like I know how much of a slog it is to get out there and make it happen. So, you know, you and I are, are in the same conversation for sure. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks, man. And it's interesting because we've always been, I mean, my whole premise from day one has been like, I think the future is online and mm -hmm. I appreciate chiropractic. I appreciate acupuncture. I've used both modalities extensively. And I think there's always a place for them, hands-on adjustments and, and, and that type of care. But it, it, there's also it doesn't mean that you have to build that type of business, right? Yeah. There's no rule that says you have to be in a clinic seven days a week, 10 hours a day. You don't have to do that. I mean, some people may choose to do that, mm -hmm. but you can also have a hybrid. I mean, you can do a little bit in the clinic because I know a lot of our clients still love the in-person stuff, but to their, on their own kind of choosing as opposed to having yeah. to be there. Absolutely. And what one of the things that I hope a lot of chiropractors physios, osteopaths, manual practitioners recognize is that, you know, you have so much more knowledge than yeah. what you can do with, with your hands. And I think that's one of the shifts that we've hopefully been able to impart to some degree is recognizing, like, if someone's got back pain, you have knowledge that you could guide somebody through a more self-directed program with virtual accountability and coaching, where that client takes more ownership of their own healing journey. They're no longer mm -hmm. on the table being adjusted. They're the one doing the work and then you're checking in. So we've noticed, and, and this is why I say like our, our clients' clients often get better results because their clients have to be more proactive in the healing journey. Yep. They're not just laying on a table. So all of a sudden now the client's having to do the work. It's great because they are actually doing the work, which means they're making progress. It's less demanding on the chiropractor's time, for instance. Uh, and it's, again, it's, we're kind of where online dating was, I think about 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone's like, oh, there's, that's, that's a scam. There's no way. It's now statistically the number one way people meet their spouse. Wow. Right. Like it's not even like a hookup on Tinder. It's like their spouse. Yeah. <laughs> that's significant. And I think COVID is obviously exponentially accelerated that growth curve mm -hmm. online. 
and obviously it's becoming a lot more part of the zeitgeist than it was, you know, even three or four years ago. But um, I just think there's so many people that can be served by this. It's just about, it's just a matter of being open-minded enough to consider that there's another way of helping people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and what I found uh, with myself and my peers is that there seems to be two, I mean, probably more than this, but at least two different types of people who run practices. There's those who really want to see a lot of people and they're built for that and they can move them through the clinic and they still do good work, but it's not as deep. It's not as connected. And then on the other side, you have people who are really nuanced practitioners who are sifting through the physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, you know, really getting down to the root of the issue. And what I ended up finding is I didn't see a lot of people in my practice, but I opened my practice up to doing retreats at a higher price point and then high ticket coaching. And the practice, I, I ran two days a week, but it was an amazing front end of the funnel to invite people into a deeper uh, experience with themselves and, and really making the most important adjustment, which is between the ears, so that the rest of their body and life can, can uh, uh, respond to that. So yeah, I think that there's a, a recognition in the space that in addition to doing something for a client, if you can train them and change their worldview and their perspectives on how health happens, that's a very different thing and it's very rewarding and fulfilling. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, a lot of my whole perspective is I think coaching is more powerful than doctoring, mm -hmm. right? Doctoring is kind of like prescribing coaching is, is kind of guiding, I guess, you know, yeah. and it's really your, the analogy is like, you're a Sherpa climbing the mountain with your clients. Like you're there together, you're doing the work, but obviously you can be leveraged. So you're not, you know, killing yourself in the process. And I think honestly, it's one of the most rewarding professions, job titles, whatever you want to call it, because coaching fundamentally transforms people, right? Mm -hmm. You're helping people get the most out of themselves, becoming the best mm -hmm. version of themselves. Doctoring in my mind doesn't do that, right? You yeah. go to a clinic, you get a prescription, have a nice day. It's very transactional. And I don't think, oh, I mean, we know that obviously the model doesn't work. I mean, if you have a broken leg, yeah, go to the hospital, get, you know, get a yeah. cast. But for pretty much all the issues that we're dealing with in the Western world, it's toast. It's obsolete. It's ridiculous, you know? Yeah. And I just hope that there's, you know, I think there's a bit of ego attached to it too, right? You go through four plus years of postgraduate school, chiropractic mm -hmm. or whatever else, and then you have the DR in front of you and it's like, I'm not a coach, I'm a doctor, right? So there's that <laughs> whole stigma around it. And it's like, I'm not poo-pooing the doctor piece, but it's understanding that, you know, you might be able to transform more, more people's lives in a slightly different fashion, but, you know, everyone has their journey and it's, it's, it's just cool to meet people where they're at and work with those who are open to, to that. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And, and kind of a dovetail question to that, you know, the people who are really interested in going deep and doing some of the coaching from what I've seen working with people is that they tend to be really amazing, caring, deep practitioners. They've done a lot of work on themselves. They're into the inner game, but they may not necessarily have that outer game skill set, right? Building the business, understanding marketing, wanting to be seen, putting themselves out there and clarifying exactly what they do so that it can become a product or an offering. So I'm curious how you help people make that transition because I'm betting that's got to be a big part of the, the process. Yeah, I mean, our, our fundamentally, we're helping at least our, our, in our kind of entry coaching program, two things, it's client acquisition and then client mm -hmm. delivery because mm -hmm. delivery ultimately becomes the biggest bottleneck in a service-based business. Yep. So that's a big piece of what we help them do because if they're only doing one-on-one, -on -one, their capacity ceiling is pretty low. Yep we help our clients build out more of a leverage group coaching program that they can eventually evolve into if they want to. Uh, we're not saying you have to, it's like, well, if you want to have more scale and impact and freedom, this is probably a good way of doing things. So we help them on that front. There's a lot of nuances, I think, to delivery because there's no one size fits all. It's like, there's a lot of, I think, innovation that's possible there. Yeah. On the marketing and sales front, that's where really everyone wants the most help, right? Because yeah. Everyone wants clients, everyone wants revenue. So that's that's obviously what most people come to us for, but they're burnt out, right? So it's yeah. like, we gotta solve both. We can't just get you more clients because you're already burnt out. So we help our clients, uh, we actually help our clients build the very same business model that we run as a company. 
Mm. So we call it a perfect client pipeline. We have a philosophy that we only teach what we personally have kind of mastered. I just feel weird about teaching stuff I haven't done, you know? Sure, kind of sounds, yeah. I'm like, wouldn't everyone want to do that? I don't know. <laughs> so for us, it's uh, it's a four-step model. It's very simple. We have a traffic source that goes into a webinar or a masterclass, whatever you want to call it. From there, uh, the right people move to an application. And then from there, they can book a call. So for us, uh, the main traffic source is advertising on Facebook slash Instagram because social media in general uh, doesn't show your stuff to anyone, right? So yeah. like engagement, virality, like reach is just organically is toast. Like I yeah. think anyone listening to this recognizes if you post anything on Instagram, very few people see it. And it's very frustrating to put your heart and soul into good content and some nice photos or whatever, and then you say crickets. Mm-hmm. So every social platform, and I hope everyone understands this, any platform that's free, you're the product. And eventually yeah. those platforms have to monetize, which is why advertising becomes a, a, a you know, whatever's going to generate revenue for them. So it, it goes from, and every platform has gone through this, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok is currently, this is actually happening in TikTok right now. Mm. Everything initially was like amazing. You post anything, everyone sees it, you get a lot of views. And then once the platforms have you hooked on using them and they have a, you know, this, this critical mass, they roll out their ad solution, their, their platform. All of a sudden reach goes down. Everything you post organically goes down because now advertisers are coming in and they're taking up more of the inventory. So these companies or these platforms get paid based on people like us for advertising. And so they'd rather show that stuff. So that's why every third or fourth post is an ad. That's the way it goes. So, okay. With that said, why don't we ride that wave? And the Holy grail, I think in business is being able to pay for clients at a profit. And Mm -hmm. that's what we help our clients do. So 99% of our clients are pretty much unknown to most people. And that means they have a very small social following. They don't have big presence online. Some of them don't even have a website. They might have a coaching business that they've been running online or they're in a clinic and they want to transition. And we're like, cool. None of that's like, you just need to have expertise. You just have to have confidence and you just have to have drive. That's, that's all we look for. We can help you with everything else. Because if you can't help someone, there's nothing I can do. I can't amplify yeah. you being a someone who can't help people. It's not going to, it's yeah. the whole model breaks. So we help them really craft good messaging that speaks to their single target market. We help them put together an offer, which is eventually their high ticket coaching program, but obviously funnels down into what can you present someone in a webinar that is uh, value adding, not from like a how to tactical perspective necessarily, but helping them shift the way they think about mm-hmm. a specific topic. So all of a sudden, like, huh, this person, provider, practitioner, coach has an interesting take on this. This could possibly work for me. And that obviously funnels people into an application and then onto a call. And the reason this has worked so well for us and our clients is because, number one, we've been doing it for so long with more than uh, 1,300 practitioners now. It's generated more than 217 million in their businesses is that when you have a simple business model, there's only a couple core constraints. And if you understand where those core constraints are and you can literally put a number on them, like tracking your numbers very seamlessly, you can also understand how to fix them. So uh, we help our clients track their data properly. There's a couple of main data points. And if this one's too high, it's like, here's how we're gonna fix that. If this one's too low or too high, here's how to fix that. So we help them build a business that is an actual business not just hope and pray, post some stuff online, you know, maybe some, you know, maybe some word of mouth here and there. We help them build a legitimate business that's built on systems and skills so that number one, they build their skill set so they never lose the skill set of good messaging, of being able to have a conversation that leads to an enrollment, of understanding how to speak the language of their audience, of how to deliver great client results. These are skills we help them build that they'll have forever. And then we help them build this system we call a perfect client pipeline, that becomes the engine of their business. So that even mm-hmm. if they're not working, they're away for a week, it's still running. They can still serve clients based on how they build their delivery. And they're still generating revenue outside of their time. And the yeah. biggest thing we help them with on delivery is really a mindset shift to saying your client's results and your time should have nothing to do with each other. Mm-hmm. Whether you spend a hundred hours with someone or one hour with someone, that client should still get the results that they want. So how do we do that? 
-hmm. And that's where we start to really create some really awesome breakthroughs on client delivery, as opposed to just doing one-on-one forever. So we help them build the, the acquisition side of thing, um, things like the marketing and sales piece, which has to be built in for them to get clients, be seen, generate the revenue. And then obviously on deliveries, we're helping them build like, what does that program looks like, uh, look like? How do you build a curriculum? How do you build community? How do you build coaching on top of that? And that's, that's fundamentally what we do. And then for our clients that are further along, who are doing mid six figures and above, we help them build the operational efficiency and systems and how to hire and lead an A team to really take things to, to the next level. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what we do in a nutshell. Amazing. Amazing. What a good system and, and reliable and reproducible and clear. So that's excellent. Um, I'm betting that a number of the people who are listening to this are at a place where they're saying, you know, that makes sense. I can see it, but is it for me? And, and I found that one of the things that kind of gets people off that fence is uh, feeling inspired and connected to the person that they know they're going to work with. And, and one of the ways I think we can generate that is a story. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this, but give us a, a story of a, you know a person, a couple of people that you've helped who were in this spot where they're like, I don't know how this is going to work. You know, I I know I'm a good coach. You seem to have this system, and and what did they create? What did it turn into? And what was their experience like? So we have. Um, I'll give you one of the unicorn stories. Obviously, this is not results. The results are definitely not typical with what I'm about to share with you, but. Yeah. Um, so our client, Ryan, uh, they went on to, so November, 2019, obviously before the pandemic hits comes across our webinar, our pipeline, and they had a chiropractic clinic that was, they were doing all sorts of stuff, like in-person dinners and workshops, live seminars. Mm -hmm. They'd done some stuff online. Nothing really took traction. Uh, they got to a point where they were just really hanging on by a thread. Uh, he had five daughters and obviously a wife to support. Mm plus six people on the staff. So they took out a $40,000 loan just to kind of get through the couple months and they came across our stuff and they're like, this, this is amazing, but I don't think we can afford this. And um, his partner's like, let's just book a call and see what happens. And so they get on the call and they're like, this is exactly what we need to do. They, because they had the loan, they decided, okay, let's go, let's do it. That's November, 2019. The first post they posted inside of our Facebook group was celebrating that they were negative $15,000 after, after ad spend. <laughs> and I was like, these guys are going to crush this because they, <laughs> they understood that. So there were 15,000 in the hole. However, they had 150 consults on the calendar from that. Spend. Wow. So they knew there was an investment and a big return coming on the outside of that. And I, that was the first post in the group. And I was like, I don't see many clients posting stuff like that. And that was amazing. Yeah. So by March, 2020, so just, you know, when COVID about hits, they're doing $358,000 per month. By <laughs> June, 1.5 million. Two years later, they're doing more than 3.2 million per month. And they've gone on to build the world's largest coaching program for Hashimoto's. Because uh, mm. they had a functional medicine di um, designation as well. And what's amazing is like his, his journey was... Like he, and I remember him sharing this with us at one of our events, like he just, there was everything working against him, you know, coming into starting this repeated failures. He was into drugs when he was younger. He was the, you know, the, the kind of troublesome type of teen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like he had a lot of things working against him, but he knew that, you know, for, for one, he had a big vision. He realized yeah. that he didn't, he wasn't satisfied with playing small, you know, and they went from him and his business partner, Richard, uh, when they started working with us, two people. And by June of the following year, we helped them hire 60 people on their team because they scaled wow. so quickly that they had to bring people on, et cetera. And he's uh, someone who's pretty connected to his faith and they wanted to give back to their local church and a lot of the stuff uh, charity wise that they were involved in, you know, and when you're doing that type of revenue, it's amazing the impacts you know you can make in so many areas of life. So that's an example of um, you know someone who came in had a lot of stuff I would say working against him before he started working with us. But I think the big thing that he had is, and, and I kind of go back to what I mentioned earlier, is 
expertise, confidence, and drive. I call it mm -hmm. ECD. Mm -hmm. And I think when you have those three ingredients, everything else is figure outable. You know, mm -hmm. for me, I, I don't like to use revenue as the, I talk a lot about money. And if people have an issue mm -hmm. with that, that's their issue. But for me, money is like, it, it's, it's how we keep score, you know? Yeah. And I think if you're not making the money you want to make, you're not impacting the lives you want to impact. And we yeah. all got into this space at some level to help other people. Like, that's why I love working with health professionals. Cause I was one. And I just, I, I love the work that we do um, in terms of helping the ultimate client. Yeah. And if, if you're barely making money, that means you're not helping many people or you're not helping them at a deep enough level. So when someone's like, yeah, I just, I just want to make a couple grand to cover the bills. I'm like, why are you being so selfish? Mm. <laughs> right? It's not about the money. It's about you being small-minded and being selfish. What are you afraid of? Yeah. Of going bigger. Well, I, I want to make sure all my clients get special individual attention. That's faulty thinking based on the fact that you think you can only work with two clients a month, right? Mm. And I'm not here to say that everyone has to build a million dollar business or whatever, yeah. but I, I like challenging people's and my own, to be honest, um, belief systems, because I don't think they serve us in a lot of cases. So Ryan was an example of someone who came in and, and really just shattered what people thought was possible. Yeah. Right? We've got clients that are doing a couple grand a month, 10K, 15, 25. He's three months in. Uh, hey guys, we did $358,000 a month. Everyone's like, what the, f you know? And it completely, it was like the Roger Bannister type of situation. <laughs> um, another one of our clients, Brandy, who naturopath, and she's working very much like most health pros in her clinic, 60 hours a week. She had a four-year-old son and <laughs> barely saw him. So she had seen our ads two years before she decided to do something about it. And sometimes you just have to be, you know, sometimes you're just not ready. Sometimes you have to go through a yeah. little more stuff before you're ready. And then she was ready. And she came online, started working with us and no websites, basically knew how to Google stuff. That was about it. No social following, wow. no account on Instagram or anywhere else. And by her second month of deploying her pipeline, she was doing $27,000 per month and growing. And again, I just, you know, the revenue is whatever, but it's, you know, for her, what, what it meant is she went from 60 hours a week in a clinic to doing about 20 to 25 hours a week in her virtual practice. So now she had cut her time in a third. She was making significantly more money and she was able to spend more time with her son. She actually took a year and they went in an RV across the States and she was able to run her business while creating those experiences too. So we, I mean, we see stuff like that all the time, you know, it's just, um, it's just really, really cool. And, uh, but again, like, I don't, I don't say that to say that every one of our clients wins. I mean, like, I'm not going to lie and say all of our clients crush it. They don't. Yeah. And that's because some people get comfortable. Some people get complacent. Some people realize, oh, this is harder than I thought. And we, that's one thing I never want to make, uh, make light of. I tell people building a business in general is very hard. Building a business online is infinitely harder because, yes. you know, you mentioned earlier, you would host you know, the, the clinic itself would be a good front end for the higher, op, you know, bigger opportunities on the back end. And it's brilliant because you have, when someone walks in your door, it's like, they're already in. Yeah. Right? The trust is built. You have that face-to-face -face. online. You don't have that. And so skepticism yep. and trust are really, really big things that people have to really understand. And it's very simple to get someone to walk into a clinic simpler and sit and get them to say yes. To get someone to say yes on the phone or on Zoom who just saw your thing online, it's a very, very different proposition, but it's not impossible. But I will say it's hard, harder, but it's also a hundred times more worthwhile because yeah. to have the time and location freedom for me to be able to spend as much time as I do with my kids, I would never trade that ever. So for the 12 to 14 hours a day I used to put in doing that for seven years in person, and then going through like the shit that I went through and the failures and the mistakes and the learnings and the lost money. I shouldn't say lost, like poor money decisions. All of it was worth it for creating mm -hmm. what I've created. And it, it mm -hmm. and I think if you just stay connected to that vision and it's, it's a big enough vision that really just drives you, everything else is like, you can figure everything else out. And it obviously helps if you have the right help. 
Yeah, so good. So good. Thank you for that that deep dive, Yuri. I think there's a lot of wisdom in there. And one of the things that I, I heard specifically that I want to double click on is, uh, you know, this idea of the the money that you've invested that is quote unquote gone or lost or the time or whatever it is, you know, it's kind of like pulling back the rubber band, right? You know, it's like, oh, this is a big stretch. It's a big stretch. It's a big stretch. I've never been here before. What's going on? I'm going in the wrong direction. And all of a sudden the rubber band launches the you know, the thing you're doing and you're infinitely farther out than you anticipate that you're going to be, you know, whether, like you said, that's 10 grand, 15 grand, 300 grand a month, you know, the, that type of uh, ability to be elastic in your beliefs, in your emotions, in that self-identity is so, so important. And to recognize that if the rubber band's being stretched back and it feels like it's going to break, that's the time to really focus and make sure that you're committed to the process because it may be launching right around the corner and it's time to go. Yeah, totally. I, I think it's, and it's what I love about chiropractors specifically is like, number one, you guys are more entrepreneurial, which is mm -hmm. awesome, but you've, you've also, you've also invested more in your journey. Like you didn't mm -hmm. just become a chiropractor over a weekend certification. Like it was like a yeah. serious endeavor. So there's more skin in the game. And I find that you know, with many practitioners, and I'll just say this compared to some health coaches and, and some personal trainers, as an example, where the barrier to entry is a lot lower mm -hmm. percentage wise, they take their business much more like a hobby. They're mm -hmm. much less willing to invest in themselves. And if they do, it's cheap little courses that don't really, I mean, I think all investment is fine. Um, but obviously, you know, some will get you a little bit further ahead than others. But yeah. when we work with naturopaths, chiros, functional medicine doctors, these guys are already $200,000 in debt, mm -hmm. right? And we're saying, hey, listen, you're going to invest a fraction of that and we can get you out of that situation within you know, one to three years, hopefully. And I just wish that more people, number one, understood that maybe they're not cut out to run their own business. Yep. Um, and that's okay. Work for someone else yep. because I don't think that having an Instagram account and doing pointing videos makes you a business owner. Agreed. Anyone can do that, right? <laughs> yeah. That's not a business. Like it drives me nuts. And, and I share this again, because I've been through this journey of like, I went through three and a half years when I first started, I'm like, I'm smart. I can do this by myself. I don't need anyone's help. And it took me three and a half years to finally realize, Hey dude, you're not so smart. And I think when you, when you look at whatever you've invested in, whether it was, you know, for school or anything else, you didn't know how to help people before you went to chiropractic college. Yeah. Right. That's why you went there to learn about how the body works. And obviously you had an undergrad, et cetera, before that, but you don't know the thing, which is why you invest to learn the thing. So you have the skills to do the thing. Yeah. And then for some reason we come online and we're like, I'm going to figure out how to build a business. Like what, yeah. you know, it, it just, it's just so, but I get it. I mean, you know, people have a relationship with money that maybe doesn't serve them. And I just have a tremendous amount of respect for people who have a big enough vision that they're willing to sacrifice in the short term and, and understand that it's not a sacrifice, whether you invest 2000, 5,000, 20,000, whatever it is, it's an investment in yourself. And if you show up and do the work, you never lose, right? I, I've, I've probably invested <clears throat> since 2010 when I, when I hired my first coach, which was more money than I made in the previous year. So I had two credit cards. I threw on the credit cards. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? I could still feel the butterflies in my stomach now, but I knew I was like, I'm not going to commit unless I commit. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, I have to do this. And once I do this, then I'm in. And I've invested probably more than $1.1 million in coaching yeah. masterminds mentorship since then, because every single time it's been little quantum leaps. And even mm -hmm. in the you know, I was, I was part of a speaking mastermind a number of years ago. It was 60 grand. I wasn't that, I wasn't that happy with what was delivered. We'll, we'll call it that. Yeah. But I had a moment from like, dude, just shut up and just take ownership of this. What can you, how can you make the most of this? Okay. It's not yeah. the best thing. Who cares? I'm not going to point fingers and blame people because that's not my, that's not my MO. How can I get value out of this? How can I maybe offer some value to those in the group? And I, and I think that's one thing that I've noticed as well as a lot of people in coaching or who get into some type of self-education outside of school is they're looking for like 
stuff to be done to them. Like you didn't give me results. I was scammed. I lost money on this investment. It's like, well, what about school? What do they promise you? Piece of paper? Yep. Right. Well, that's why we didn't get pissed off because they didn't promise us anything. (laughs) (laughs) So I just think like every time you invest in yourself, whether it's a $500 course or a $50,000 mentorship or whatever, it's always going to pay itself back. And the best time to do it is when you don't have the resources to do it because that's exactly what they're going to help you do to get to the next level. Yeah. So good. So good. And, and true and uncomfortable at the same time, you know, (laughs) it it rarely feels really good to swipe that card for the 10 grand, the 20 grand, whatever it is. But on the other side, like it creates that emotional stretch and, you know, I, I, and maybe this is just my experience and you probably have more insight to this than I do, but I think a lot of us say like, well, what if it doesn't work? And there's like some sort of final, you know, big period at the end of that. If it doesn't work, then it's over and I'm not going to be able to pay it back or whatever that story is. If it doesn't work, the sun still rises the next day. There's still another opportunity. There's still, you know, there's no one kind of hitting that final buzzer. And maybe this one thing doesn't get you the result you thought it would in the time you thought it would, but you still learned a bunch and you're still moving forward. Oh, you know, in the entrepreneurial space, some people hit it out of the park first time and some people got to get dragged through the mud a little bit and you still keep going. And that's just Mm -hmm. the nature of being resilient, being an entrepreneur and and keeping moving forward. Yeah, I think to that point, I think a lot of entrepreneurs would serve themselves well to stretch their time horizon. What Mm. if this doesn't work out? So, okay, what if this doesn't work out? Well, what's what's the, where's the finish line? What What are you determining as the finish line? Yeah. at the end of this coaching program or at the end of your life? Yep. Because do you think this investment would get you closer to where you want to go or would it move you further away? Mm-hmm. I think most people say, oh, get me closer. Okay, cool. Then how can this not work out? Because yeah. if it gets you closer, then the next decision you make will also get you closer and that'll get you closer and that'll get you closer. So I think like, I love sales because for me, coaching and selling is the same thing. And I think a yep. lot of it is just getting people to think about stuff differently. It's, yeah. you know, some people say, okay, what if this doesn't work out? And those who do succeed are like, what if it does? Mm-hmm. They just focus on something different. Like, let's say you're investing in something that costs $10,000. Okay, what if this doesn't work out? You lose $10,000, assuming you did nothing. What if it does work out? There's no ceiling. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, so are you more connected to the pain of loss or connected to the opportunity that you could create in front of you? And some people are, I mean, let's be honest, most people are driven by pain, right? Yeah. They're driven by fear. They're like, yeah. they're paralyzed and they're so caught up in like, oh my God, if this, this is it. Like, you know, we had a client who sold his Alfa Romeo to join our coaching program. <laughs> I'm like, dude, Mad, like mad respect. I didn't ask you to do that, but mad respect because you don't just do that and then just flake out. Like you're in it to win it at that point. And, you know, you don't like, it's, it's funny because when people, the more people pay, the more they pay attention. Yep. And I think, and, and so, you know, I tell my clients, I'm like, if someone's ever asking you, why is your thing so expensive? And when I say it's so expensive, I mean, like, you know, two to five, $6,000 ish for a, a coaching program that can transform someone's health and their life. I don't think that's overly expensive. No. But if someone were to ask you that, just say, because you, the, like you, my clients are worth it. Because mm-hmm. if this were free, you wouldn't do the work. You wouldn't even show up. You wouldn't even log in. If yep. this were 500 bucks, no big deal if you lose it. But this is $5,000. What are the chances you're just going to let this go to waste? Yeah. So the reason it's priced the way it is, is because you deserve this right? Especially for women or moms, like they spend so much time and fa- like money on their family, et cetera. When are they, when are they investing in themselves? When are they giving yeah. the ultimate gift back to themselves? And I think I get excited by having these conversations with people because it's not comfortable for them to recognize that they know they have to do this. And it's, yes, it can be a financial stretch. And some people think everything should be given for free when it comes to healthcare. I don't agree with that because free healthcare, at least in Canada, hasn't really gotten us anywhere. Yeah. And I think the right people who are willing to do the work 
are going to find a way because it's not that we're, we're not asking people to make $5,000 more in their revenue or income to pay for this. We're just saying shift your priorities, right? Yeah. Maybe put that week long trip on the back burner for a second and invest here because that week long trip with your family, although it could be amazing, nice memories, cool. You might drink a little bit too much, maybe eat a little bit too much. This will fundamentally transform your future. Yep. Right. And I think that conversation about just reshifting priorities of people, the right people get that, you know, and a lot of others, they don't, but they say they want yeah. change. And it's like, you don't. Yep. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, one of the things that I've been chatting with people uh, about a bunch is coaching as an industry. And, you know, we've already said that there's not enough coaches out there to actually change people's experience in the way that we know that it really can and make the shift on you know, the planet that is possible. Uh, that being said, you know, coaching has massive potential and does amazing things. And then the coaching as an industry also have, has some things that are not so great. So <laughs> I'm wondering from your perspective, you've seen a lot, you've had a lot of people through your program. What do you love about the industry? And then what would you like to see different? What would you like to see change? I love the industry because I think, as I said before, coaching probably is the one thing that fundamentally can help people shed their old skin and become the best version of themselves. It yeah. challenges people. It's not meant to be easy. Like anything in life that is easy is usually not the best path. Mm -hmm. Working out is harder than sitting on the couch. You should work out. It's better for you. Having a hard yeah. conversation is harder than ignoring the problem. Have the hard conversation. It's better for you. And I think if you know, coaching, I love it because it forces us to challenge ourselves, right? It forces us to maybe, you know, depending on what the nature of the coaching is, you know, we have to face some of our demons and, and evolve. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing too is not every coach needs to be the world's best coach, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to have all these certifications and decades of experience. You just have to be able to help someone move a little bit further ahead. And, and I say that with context, you know, I don't, I don't think that in business, having one good month gives you the credentials to be a great business coach. That's just my yeah. personal philosophy. Cause I think there's just so much you're not even aware of, you know, if you've been in business for a long time and you've had multiple successes and you've helped other people do that, I think it's a bit different, but I think when it comes to health coaching, you know, there's so much research that shows even just having a buddy can make a huge difference in mm. accountability and commitments and just like working out for instance. Mm -hmm. So if you considered, you know, if someone became a coach, a health coach, and they weren't the world's most accredited person, as long as they have the intention to, to show up and help people and just get them moving or inspire them or motivate them, I think that's pretty cool. But I also do think that, you know, because the standard, so going back to the coaching industry as a whole, because the barrier to entry is so low, it's like real, it's like real estate, easy in, easy out. I think in real estate, the yeah. average, like 95% of uh, realtors make less than $5,000 commission a year. I think wow. like, that's what this is crazy because anyone can get the real estate license fairly simply. Yep. And therefore it's like, you have a lot of mediocre people. Yep. And I just, you know, unfortunately, you know, there needs, I think there just needs to be a higher standard and which is kind of odd since I said, you know, it would be good if anyone was a coach, but you know, I, I think from a, from a, what I would love to see moving into the future, I would love to see a world where every single person had a coach. Mm -hmm. Like how cool would that be? Like, you know, every athlete has a coach that helps, you know, yeah. they help them get to the top. It would be interesting to see a world in which, you know, whether it was health, fitness, business, mindset, relationship, whatever aspect of life you need to help in, like, it would be cool if every one of us had that coach and who knows, yeah. I mean, with AI or, or not, or, or just mm. human beings. Yep. That, that, that's a very real possibility. That's an exciting, exciting future to look into. And yeah, I think that there's really a, a deep connection between that process of mentorship, coaching and unleashing inner potential. And, and we've lived in a world for so long where so many people have just kind of put down the idea that they could be everything that they wanted to be when they were a kid. Right. Mm -hmm. And 
I, I hope with conversations like this and people dreaming in the way that you do, that it reignites and re-evokes that, that dream, that vision, that potential. Uh, we would be in a very different place in the world if that were true. Um, cool. I think, yeah. I yeah, think. yeah. So, so I want to ask a, a capping question here because I know we're, we're kind of getting out of time and, and I want to unfold this question a little bit. Um, and I, I call this the the world the world according to Yuri question. So, based on what you've seen, what you've helped people experience, the transformation, if you had the Yuri's magic wand and you could tap the world on the head, and everyone could uh, do something different, be something different, have a different perspective that you think would really move us forward as a species, as a planet, as humanity, what would that thing be, and what do you think would be different in the world because of it? This this might sound a little morose, but I would put people in a really bad situation where they started to mm. recognize how badly they wanted out of that situation. Mm. Because I think the fundamental problem of why people don't change, which is ultimately what we're talking about, whether it's health, business, yeah. anything, is that life is okay. Yep. It's good enough. I have a roof over yep. my head. The bills are paid. I have some food on the table. I'm comfortable. And that's that's a really sad existence in my mind. The only way to get out of that is, at least from what I've seen, is to experience uh, a very high degree of discomfort yep. that you're like, this has to change. Because the reason we don't change is because the pain of perceived change is greater than the pain of our current situation. So what we have to do is we have to flip the script. We have to be in a situation where the pain of our current situation is significantly greater than the pain that we have to go through to change. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, we have to be put in some really, you know, interesting situations, whether it's, uh, you know, you know, obviously there can be some health crises, there could be, you know, people go out of business, like whatever it might be like, I just don't think that we appreciate what we can create or what we have until we experience the complete opposite of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and part of that too is also on the flip side of that is if things are okay, experience what amazing is mm -hmm. because it's like, Oh my, sorry, I've been missing out on this the whole time. Like, Holy cow, this is way better. It's like flying business or first class compared to economy. It's very hard to go back after. And so I think, you know, put yourself in situations where you experience the nicer things in life, whatever that might be, you know, for you, but also put yourself in situations, maybe not, well, I don't know if we can, but if I had a magic wand, at least temporarily, <laughs> it would be like, this is horrific. And yeah. oh my God, I never want this to happen. We're going to change now. I think that's what I would do. Yeah. I, again, completely agree. And, and of the very successful people that I know, I would say, easily 80% of them have had a period of massive adversity in their life, whether it was a really challenging childhood or, you know, losing a business or two or whatever it is. And the, the place that they have arrived at at this moment, you know, success is a place of resilience where certainly they don't want to lose it again, but if they did, they know they could do it again. They could build it again. You know, whatever it is that they've gone through really created some, some inner grit. And unfortunately, the way the world is put together at this moment, you know, we've created more and more comfort for ourselves, which is beautiful. And I'm glad that that happens. And I wouldn't wish a bad thing on anyone ever, except that it seems to be one of the most reliable ways to create the types of results that are very positive that we're talking about. You know, so you need some way to experience an intensity and an adversity and figure out what you're made of and, and you know how you're gonna climb out of that. Um, and for a long time in history, we did this in rites of passage, but those are pretty much non-existent. You know, there's no structured way to test ourselves, yeah, maybe in academia and sports and in some regard, but not in the same way that has to happen to really, for most people to achieve something really great. So, yeah, yeah I think that's beautiful. And, and there's all kinds of coaches who do these types of things, you know, wilderness programs and, and other things to help you create a, an environment to, to figure out what's inside that's got to come out. Yeah, so totally. I would love to see that too. 
Yeah, just real quick, it reminds me of uh, Novak Djokovic. Uh, I love tennis, and he's mm-hmm. arguably the best player of all time, or at least he will be if he wins a couple more majors, unquestionably. But he grew up in war-torn Serbia. Yep. You know, he had moments where he was buried under rubble with missiles flying overhead. That's a very different upbringing than Roger Federer, right? Yeah. And Roger Federer is an amazing champion, amazing. But Novak, I don't know what I would love to be in his head. Like the ability he has had to stay calm under immense pressure. Like he was not able to enter Australia last year because he was unvaccinated. Couldn't, yeah. couldn't even play the Australian Open. This year he goes back and wins the whole thing. He mm-hmm. said it was the most meaningful win he's had in his life. And it's just, it's, it's just phenomenal to see the resilience that he has, like to, to be put up against, you know, he's not, even though he's probably the best player of all time, he's not the most liked player of all time. Yeah. People much rather like Federer, you know, he's had a deal with most crowds, not cheering him on most games. Yep. And yet he consistently wins and where that drive and resilience come from, comes from, I don't know. I have to, I have to assume part of it is part of his upbringing. When you're, you know, when you see immigrants come over to our country, <clears throat> there's something that they have that a lot of people who are born here fed with a silver spoon don't understand. Yep. And I have a tremendous amount of respect for that because it, it's just really, it's really admirable. Yeah. 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 There's something kind of psychologically subconsciously associated between failure and death. And people think when they get rejected, there's some part of them, whether they're aware of it or not, that says that they're going to die. And when you grow up in really challenging circumstances, there's something inside you that says, this isn't going to kill me. You know, I'm just going to keep on going. I'm going to make it happen. And I, again, I don't wish those challenging circumstances on anyone. And when they show up, you know, we've got to recognize that they're a gift. So A plus completely agree. Love it. Top marks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Yuri, how can people find you? What's the easiest way to interface with who you are and what they're doing, what you're doing and, and uh, how do you invite them into your world? Um, Easiest place, honestly, is on, on YouTube. I mean, I post uh, kind of, peeling back the curtain type of stuff on, on our channel. So if you just type health burner, you'll find it. And then, um, yeah, if you want to connect with me more personally, I'm usually more accessible on Instagram. So I'm at health Those are probably the two best places. And then from there you can, you know, find our other stuff. <laughs>